This podcast and the following message are brought to you by Vehicle Acquisition Network. When you're trying to keep your pre-owned lot stocked with high-quality, in-demand vehicles, dealing with auctions can be costly and time-consuming. Plus, you always risk having your price bid up by competing dealers. With Van, you go straight to the source acquiring pre-owned vehicles directly from private sellers in your target market. The Vehicle Acquisition Network saves you time and money by automatically searching online listings to locate your most sought-after units from independent sellers in your area. Find the pre-owned vehicles you want faster than your competitors for hundreds less than you would pay at auction. For more information, text Buy with Van to 64600 or go to autoconverse.com forward slash V-A-N. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome, welcome. We are here at our monthly used car marketing uh, dealer strategy session, uh, expert panel discussion, however you want to refer to it. We do this on the first, by default, on the first Thursday of every month. So today is that first Thursday of September, uh, September 5th. I'm Ryan Girardi, and I believe I'd stop sharing my screen here. You should see we have had Gary Wade on with us and Ed French. Gary, good to see you. Good to see you. And Ed, great to have you back as well. Thanks for having me. Uh, well, folks that are here on the webinar side, uh, thank you for being here. I saw Chuck Parker in there. And if you want to come on as a panelist, just raise your hand and let me know. Otherwise, uh, we'll keep you where you are. Like I said, we do this every month today. We'd really like to start things off with where we're at with the used car business general as far as units and sales and market trends go. Um, there's some news that Penske just purchased its uh, 15th standalone uh, used vehicle uh, store. So uh, we'll talk about that and what that means to the marketplace. And then Auto Remarketing just came out with their 40 under 40 honorees for the used car industry. So I thought we'd have a little fun and uh, look in there and see any familiar and recognized names. Uh, this is streamed live. It's recorded. And as soon as the stream ends, the, re the recording goes unlisted. So unless you have a link, can't see the recordings. Uh, but if you register with the series, there's instructions to do so, then you will be here. You can register and you will always have access to the archives. And then we also featured on the podcast. So if you're listening later down the road uh, to the podcast, glad to have you here as well. So... Ed, let's keep, let's have you kick things off. You you keep up with the, the market trends and the and the used car business. At looking at August sales, they're relatively where they were a year ago. New cars are on a little skid, but I don't know. I think as a from a from a star standpoint, seem to be outpacing initial forecasts from a year ago. Yeah, I, uh, Ryan, I think the used car business is pretty robust right now. I, uh, I see a lot of activity uh, with my clients uh, in the like new business uh, or the newer used car, four years old and newer. 
there's a lot of availability there. Obviously, the off-leash units have uh, have uh, served us well there. So we've got a lot of off-lease activity, which feeds into the CPO activity. Uh, there has been significant price increases in new vehicles, which now gives those like new vehicles, uh, two, three-year-old cars and even a CPO car, a significant pricing advantage and a, a really not much of a step down in content, equipment, or uh, technology. So, so frankly, there's a lot of buyers that are migrating from new, from the payment shock aspect, down to a two- or three-year-old pre-owned vehicle, specifically in the pre-owned business. And so what you're seeing is some cannibalization on the franchise side of uh, dealers uh, switching or consumers switching themselves from new to a like new. That's fed, uh, that, that's fed the SAR uh, 39.8, I think is what it forecasts out to. The elusive 40 million is uh, possibly within, within uh, sight. Uh, 39.4 was last year. If it's trending to 39.8, that'd be great if it could, if it could uh, beat last year. But uh, it's mainly based in that like new business migrating from, uh, from the new car business. You know, the new car SAR had a great August. Uh, the new car SAR is now trending at 16.9. Uh, and there's, there's a very small difference in year-over-year sales. So actually, the market is continuing to get uh, – the new car market is, is, is good, and, which feeds a lot of trades. And the used car business is very robust. Uh, the biggest challenge for dealers right now is that twelve to fifteen thousand dollars segment, specifically in the compact SUV business. There just aren't any of those cars, so they're having to transition to midsize passenger cars. Uh, Mannheim showed thirty-nine percent of all of the vehicles sold at auction last month were midsize passenger cars. So there still is an appetite for a mid-sized passenger car on the used car side, and it's specifically because of price and payment. So uh, I think that uh, as these like new SUVs uh, go another three or four years, we're, we're now going to see the transition that we've seen in new uh, come to use, uh, where the used mid-sized compact SUV will uh, certainly supplant the mid-sized passenger car, just surely because we're not selling very many more uh, new mid-sized passenger cars. Um, I see a lot of uh, a lot of traction in the um, uh, Korean and uh, import SUV business. Uh, there's a significant uptick in that business, and uh, frankly, uh, everybody is uh, looking for how do I create a, a margin in my business, and it certainly isn't in new. Uh, so they have to migrate themselves to used, and that's why I think you see that uh, the 39.8 and potentially 40 million will hold. On the private seller side, uh, there has been a dip in the private seller side, Ryan, only because you're seeing a lot of those private seller acquisitions being scooped up by the disruptors. Uh, Carvana bought as many cars in the first quarter of 2019 than they did all last year of 2018. 
Mm-hmm. As you are well aware, their marketing strategy is we want to buy as many cars from the customers as we can. That will put a dent in some of the private seller business. So all in all, to summarize it, the used car business is uh, healthy and robust, and dealers are looking for a certainly for a way to make more money. That's good, Ed. It, it does seem robust. I want to ask Gary to uh, boil that down, but can you just clarify one thing, Ed? Um, uh, just going back to new cars, from what I understood, new cars have skidded in, in sales for the past three months, but but you saw, you're saw you saying otherwise. Yeah, the August SAR came in at 16.9. Uh, it was up uh, uh, double digits over uh, August of last year. Uh, through July, you're right, Ryan. The uh, the trend was they were they were off about uh, five six percent, but a very robust August uh, picked up the pace. They were trending at sixteen point five for the SAR. It's now trending at sixteen point nine. So uh, significant August uh, uh, sales in new cars, uh, basically held up by Toyota, Honda, Hyundai, and Kia. Obviously, we know now that Ford, General Motors, and Chrysler are doing quarterly reports, but their estimates are uh, marginal uh, upticks, and those three, Ford's the only one that's projecting to be down about 1.5%. But uh, uh, the August new car sales were very good. So, Gary, help us boil this down a little bit. I mean, these are a lot of market trends and conditions. Uh, you know, you're up in St. Paul, coming from a individual dealer's perspective or even a group perspective, what do you do with all these numbers? What do, what do you look for and how do they influence your decision making for the for the remainder of, of the year, Q4? Well, I think the, the biggest thing is to do as best you can to stay viable in the market in acquisitions. Um, you know, I think any dealer today that that doesn't go after every opportunity they can have. Uh, whether it's a private sector acquisition or uh, taking in trades and and or there it's just too competitive in in the auction market right now uh, you look at where prices are uh, across the country and especially going into the fall here regionally in the in the northern area um, you look at what ed was talking about about the small suvs it's dead on um, the one of the biggest things that there's an opportunity with here uh, in the uh, Midwest is uh, four-wheel drive automobiles and four-wheel drive small automobiles. I would say small, uh, like a wagon uh, type vehicle, Subaru, uh, and some of the other wagons that are available in, in all-wheel drive have become super premium uh, right now in our market and. Uh, that's filling a lot of that niche up here where in the past we had the the equinoxes and the you know that that type of vehicle that was coming out of the fleet uh, available uh, to in the, in the small SUVs uh, once again the, what Ed said with the Korean and and uh, especially in the Hyundai's and in the Kia's in the uh, small to mid-sized SUV is going to fill a market you know uh, area in the market that you're going to see but if you aren't really working the private uh, sector uh, and trying to, uh, especially if you're a small one, two, three pop, uh, mom and pop operation, you've got to have a plan that you're out in the market. You're finding every opportunity you can find. 
uh, and going after every vehicle off the curb you can find also. So it's a, you've got to be effective right now in your acquisitions. And Ed, you know, I emphasize that with Carvana, I, I didn't get a chance to write the numbers down, but you know, they did more in the last uh, quarter than they did all year. You would phrase it as a dip in private seller uh, transactions. Is that how you defined it, Ed? Right. So essentially what, you know, what's happening is, is, you know, a private seller transaction is where Joe sells Johnny's vehicle. Well, Joe is now selling his vehicle to Carvana or another uh, acquisition target. Uh, and frankly, you're, you're not, you're not getting those transactions. Those transactions are now being out there. They're coming out on the, on the retail side, but the private seller uh, actual transactions Averages about 12 million a year of the 38 to 39 million of the SARS, about 12 million of private transactions. Uh, so when Joe sells his vehicle to either Carvana or, or frankly, one of my dealerships, because uh, I'm, I'm like Gary, I'm very, very busy in the private seller uh, acquisition, uh, that doesn't count until I sell it because it's, it's not a transaction that uh, gets uh, taxed. So that's that's what you're seeing. You're seeing a migration. So you'll see a dip in private sellers and you'll see an increase in the retail sales through the retail channels, either franchise or independent. So to Gary's point, I think that it's, I think you have to look at every auction purchase as it's, it's, uh, it's got a tariff. And since tariffs are in the news, uh, <laughs> That, uh, that tariff can be five, six, seven hundred dollars a car. And uh, frankly, with these disruptors playing in the marketplace, uh, smaller, midsize, even franchise stores can ill afford to have a tariff attached to every car that they have in their inventory. So uh, uh, Gary's point is well, uh, well spoken. You have to have a very strong uh, private seller acquisition strategy or you will not survive with these disruptors that are in the marketplace because they are going to try to gobble up all of that private seller business that they can. They have the money to spend. They have the processes to do it. They have the reconditioning centers that are uh, profit-centered and have efficiencies built within them. And uh, dealers uh, have got to take notice that uh, the best place to buy a car is off the curb. Uh, and, and again, to Gary's point, uh, trade efficiency uh, should be foremost in every dealer's mind right now. Uh, just going to the auction and buying a car or going to the rental car company and getting a bunch of rental cars uh, to fill your lot is not going to spell success in Q4. So I'm going to use that as a segue into uh, news about Penske. Uh, and their standalone stores. Before I do, I'll just do a quick orientation, folks. You're tuned in here to our monthly used car marketing dealer strategy session. And uh, you just were listening to Ed French speaking from Auto Profit. And Gary, I'm going to turn to you in a minute, but, uh, and I'm Ryan Girardi, folks. Uh, but this session is brought to you by Vehicle Acquisition Network. And even though we're sitting here talking about the importance of private, uh, you know, consumer vehicle acquisition, uh, that is a legitimate talking point that continues to come up on how you're going to make, uh, how you're going to profit and gain market share uh, in this business. 
as margins continue to be squeezed. So if you look on our announcement about this, there is a link uh, over to uh, Vehicle Acquisition Network's website. Uh, their, their platform is designed to help connect uh, dealers with private sellers who are listing their, their vehicles online. And, you know, we're going to, let's segue into that, you guys. I'm going to bring up the, um, the Penske uh, development. So they just purchased their, another standalone store that makes, uh, I think, number 15 for them. And at, building on your point, Ed, about Carvana, Carvana is eating dealers' lunches, <laughs> to sound a little cliche, on consumer vehicle acquisition. So now here's Penske, you know, really following suit uh, as well. So Gary, I'd love to hear your thoughts on, you know, Pen Penske's push, if you will, into the, uh, into this aspect of the business. Well, I mean, you, you look at, uh, they always say the, the finest compliment is someone that uh, copies your example and, and, you look at Penske, he's a smart man and, and with a lot of money and, and done very well, number two dealer in the, in the country and, and uh, group-wise, um, and trying to f both on new and used and trying to find the example and uh, you know, following CarMax and, and used and becoming trying to become the number one. The biggest thing that they looked at was with these acquisitions between out on the East Coast, out in, uh, I believe it's Pennsylvania, isn't it? Uh, Philadelphia and, mm -hmm. and Pittsburgh area. Yeah. That, uh, and uh, their acquisitions that they did overseas in the UK with quite a few groups over there, um, they believe that they can move their needle this year, almost 70,000 used vehicles between their worldwide operations. So it's, it's something that when you look at where are these vehicles going to come from, um, the here in the U.S., uh, you have so many dealers that are competing uh, through the auction markets. Unless you have one of the sharpest people uh, in your your local market uh, and a, a a good auction base in your market, the the cost of transportation from around the country the uh, eat up any of the working margin that you might have with the compression of pricing uh, uh, comparatively to, to cost uh, on these uh, like new vehicles or, or vehicles that are uh, uh, three to five years old and uh, moderate mileage. You have so many people competing for it uh, at the auction. It, it just has gotten ridiculous to try to transport these vehicles across the country. But the, uh, the other thing that comes into it when you're out buying from the from the public um you know with the carvana and these other disruptors and carmax in the market you know these people are willing to pay an absorbent amount of money um over what has traditionally been the wholesale market that you would pay on the uh on the on the curb and because of that you've got to make adjustments and and have a plan for remarketing on every vehicle before you make the, the choice on what you're buying. And uh, you've got to broaden out your thinking as far as your percentages of uh, cost of value that uh, you may have in the past used as your, as your markers. But to go after these, these vehicles, if you have one of the disruptors in your market, uh, here in the Twin Cities, we have a big CarMax uh, presence and that advertises quite uh, effectively. And and like you said, Carvana across the country, but you have to look at 
what you can do uh, in every day to build a team to effectively go out and use every possible avenue technology wise uh, and also now there, there's quite a few companies that are coming into the market that can assist you in going after that that private sector um, in the way that you contact them the way that uh, you're able to um, obtain their leads and the way that you're able to present prices in a very time effective way and, and that's what people are looking for so uh, you have to be able to stand up with the big boys and take away their thunder. Ed Penske, if we talk, we, you know, CarMax is the big, they're, they're the big daddy. Carvana's starting to kind of, you could say, nip on their heels. You have AutoNation. Penske's moving up the chain, I guess you could say. These, these groups, these conglomerates have significant advantages that a single point store doesn't have. I love to hear kind of your advice to those single point dealerships that are, they just have their, you know, their own little market to, to deal with. And like Gary said, if you've got one of these guys in your backyard, um, do you, where are your advantages and how do you gain, how do you not get, um, not let them eat your lunch per se? Well, I think you've got to tear apart everything that's in your store today if you're a single point dealer and ask yourself this question. Carvana is going to sell 300,000 cars this year. Where did all those cars come from? They came from other dealers across the country, uh, one car deal at a time. And so ask yourself the following questions. How nimble can I be to turn my vehicles? Uh, and, and Gary mentioned it. You know, if I buy a car at the auction and I've got to wait uh, eight days to get it transported, forget the cost. Just think about the, the daily holding cost of the vehicle. Uh, let's the average dealer is spending about $50 a day in holding costs. So if it cost me uh, $400 in holding costs, plus the transportation of $300, buying a car and getting it through my reconditioning process, not at double retail, but some sort of an efficient reconditioning process, I would encourage dealers to consider good, better, best reconditioning levels. Create a nimble go-to-market strategy so that you're able to compete in what I would call just-in-time inventory solutioning, just-in-time inventory reconditioning, and just-in-time inventory marketing. That's how you'll remain relevant and remain competitive. And remember that every car that Carvana sells is an orphan. Once the customer buys the car, there is no service center. You cannot take the car to a vending machine and get it serviced. That car is an orphan owner. There's your selling proposition or your unique proposition for every small and mid-sized store across the country to compete with Carvana, but you have to scale your company to remain nimble and compete with a go-to-market strategy a digital strategy, and an acquisition strategy that is fundamentally based on two principles, speed and efficiency. How quickly can I get those vehicles through my process? How quickly can I get them online? And how, how do I evangelize my personalized boutique type of service as opposed to the Carvanas of the world who will, who will create north of 300,000 orphan owners this year. So there's your, there's your advantage 
but you have to you you can't get you can't get more for your advantage in a consumer's mind until you evangelize what it means to them when they're buying the car. So hopefully uh, dealers will understand that becoming nimble is job one. Gary, would you like to add to that in any way? Yeah, it's it's critical right now, as Ed was saying, for every dealer, whether you're a single point or five, six, eight stores, you have to analyze every aspect of your business and, and look at how can I become the most efficient in my local market uh, to take away any advantage that my competitors have had because you aren't going to compete against the Carvanas and the Carmaxes and the AutoNation, things of that sort, uh, uh, when acquiring at the auctions. Uh, they'll just stand there and raise their hands all day until it meets uh, or exceeds what the market conditions can bear. And then you end up stuck with it. So you have to look at how you can take these vehicles and trade if you've got a, uh, a new car franchise or uh, used car franchises looking at are you able to obtain vehicles that are low mileage and uh, late model? The One of the interesting facts that, as I was doing a little research for today, was the target market of these Penske Superstores. The average selling price of those vehicles was just south of $15,000. So as Ed was talking about in the beginning uh, statement, saying the hardest thing to find right now uh, is that fifteen to twelve thousand dollar car that's in good shape? Um, you know we're dead on when we talk about that that private sector strategy. But to do this properly, you have to maximize every opportunity to go after one of those cars. And majority of dealers do not have the infrastructure set up to do that. And the only way to become effective at in it today is to use the technology and the assistance of outside vendors that are targeting that specific program in the market. And, you know, you look at Van, you look at some of the others that um, go after these, these consumers that are selling their cars, not just in Craigslist, but in all the other spectrum of, of uh, online selling uh, venues and be able to contact these people effectively and uh, do it from remote BDCs, do it from uh, both technology communications, whether it's auto texts and auto calls and, and auto emails, uh, and then building up uh, a network of people that are able to put prices together on those vehicles very effectively and very timely. And that consumer is being bombarded by everyone that is in the market and then the, the Carvana and the CarMax and everything on, on national media, um, you have to be able to make your price jump off the, the computer screen at them as quickly as possible. Um, I, I've seen it over and over again that if someone's on the computer listing their car and within 30 seconds while they're still sitting at the desk, uh, a, in a very effective uh, either text or phone call or, or email comes into them, they respond to it quickly because they're excited that the work they just did to list their vehicle is turning around for them. So if I were to summarize what I'm hearing between the two of you is 
Um, <clears throat> you know, the markets right now are robust. There's a lot of speculation, as there was a year ago, that things are going, um, that we're headed on a downturn. And you're always headed on a downturn because you can't go up forever. Um, we have these disruptors and these conglomerates that really have some advantages. And, but the, the single point dealerships, the smaller groups, have, we have the tools, the data, and the technology to get the right cars that, we, that, that you need. And to emphasize what Ed's getting at is you need to have a process in place that is efficient and, and has a nimbleness to get these cars to market almost instantaneously. And underneath all that, the advantage that you have over these, the, I'll use Carvana example, is they're, they're creating orphan owners. And you need to put that into your, really your sales process of, of um, you know, why it's better to do business, you know, with, with uh, your local guy too. Ryan, I, I've got a, I've got some color to add there. We actually did a, uh, a, a very in, uh, intense, uh, in-depth uh, uh, study uh, of our two dealerships. Uh, we actually had focus groups and uh, significant sets of mystery shops uh, from consumers that uh, wanted to sell their car. Uh, we surveyed over 2,000 of them. And uh, it took about a year. We actually had Butler University uh, do the, do the uh, work for us. Uh, and um, what we learned was we, we're a mile and a half from a CarMax. So we compete with CarMax every day in the acquisition business. And what we learned was is consumers actually like doing business with a locally owned business. It is a uh, – it was – 75% of all the consumers that we surveyed said they'd rather sell it to somebody locally, a locally owned business, as compared to a national conglomerate. But the, but the survey results also stated that, it, that most locally owned retail automotive stores do not make it easy for a consumer to dispose of their car. And so those were interesting results for us to learn because – Consumers actually want to do it locally, but find the headwinds to be too much. And frankly, that's why they are given the second and third choices of disposing to a national national type company. Yeah, so dealers need to be really mindful of that uh, when they're thinking about the advantage of disposing locally. It is it is absolutely, they want to touch and feel. They want to say goodbye to their car. They're emotionally attached. And there's something about saying goodbye to their car to a local business as opposed to a national conglomerate. It, it, it was, it was a, 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 a groundbreaking moment when I saw the survey results. Uh, and we actually had the focus group come in and actually speak to our uh, our uh, executive team at both our stores, and it was it was astounding to hear the the comments from the customers that if it was easy to do, they'd rather do it at a local business. Yeah, that is really revealing. Um, if we're able to get access to that survey, I'll uh, let me know, and we'll share it. We'll put it in the show notes for people to see that. Uh, it's it's about two hundred pages, so it's pretty comprehensive. But I'll I'm happy to send it to you. 
Okay. Yeah, we can make it available online and maybe even use that for some talking points for, for future episodes. You know, like I said, folks, we do this by default on the first Thursday of every month. And you can tune in uh, via live stream. You can join as a traditional webinar here backstage, as I like to say. Um, you know, and let us know if you want to come on the panel, if you have you know, some input to offer as well, like, like Ed and Gary here. It's meant to be an open forum, really, for those in the industry to uh, just get together, uh, collaborate, learn, uh, and, and really help one another. Uh, Gary, if someone wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way? Um, the best way is uh, uh, my number is 651-769-4028, and you can share that. Um, that's my personal cell and with MDB uh, Process Consultants. Um, the, uh, I guess the, the biggest thing that uh, talk about it here at the end real quick, Ryan, is, is uh, uh, going back to what Ed had said and, and building the efficiency in the relationship with your customers and, and figuring out where your niche is on where you can do this in your service lane or, or in the uh, local medias. But if you're going to put a sign on your store that says, we buy cars, or put it in any of your advertising you're online, you better be prepared with a very effective process to handle every obstacle that comes up in that customer's path, whether it's inequity in the vehicle they're looking to sell, whether it's getting home from your uh, uh, location, um, whether it's uh, uh, getting to your location or sending someone out uh, to their location on, on specific vehicles and not having a attitude that you won't buy at certain vehicles. If you're going to do this effectively, you have to realize that the opportunity to profit is available on every vehicle, whether it's something you're going to wholesale, whether it's something you're going to retail, or whether it's something that you're going to uh, move through your system and, and make money in your shop, in your body shop, your parts department. There's an opportunity for dollars to profit on every vehicle that's out there in the market. And that's what these big uh, conglomerates have found. They have their own auctions. They have their own uh, wholesale points. They have uh, people, they're making money on smaller dealers in every way they can to move these vehicles that they're taking in. It's time for the, the smaller dealers to do that themselves. Yep. That's uh, good points, and we want to help folks with that uh, by not just having discussions in theory, but getting into more practical applications of this, and that's where Gary uh, and Ed come into play. These, these gentlemen are here to help make that possible. Ed, if someone wants to get in touch with you, uh, you want to look you up on LinkedIn or a phone number? Uh, drop me a line at my email address is the easiest way because I'm always traveling or, or uh, got something going on. So my email is auto, A-U-T-O, profit, P-R-O-F-I-T, L-L-C, at gmail.com. Uh, it's got my contact info in it. I'll always respond. I'd love to hear from anybody out there that uh, would love to uh, chat further about uh, how to make more money in uh, your used car operation. Okay. Gentlemen, thank you so much. And folks, thanks for tuning in. I'm going to wrap this up here. If you're not already subscribed to autoconverse.com, be sure to do that because when we uh, set up the each uh, the show each month, and we do about a dozen different shows, uh, only a couple on, on this site, uh, then you'll get, the, you'll get the announcement about it. It's got the link to the show. 
and watch the recording later. Uh, also, again, I recommend following this link to sign up and you can register with the series and that way you're always in the loop. And when we do our, like our group coaching webinars, you'll be invited to those and have a seat at those as well. Uh, I'm Ryan Girardi. Thanks again to our sponsor, Vehicle Acquisition Network, helping connect private sellers with dealers. You can go to autoconverse.com forward slash uh, van, sorry, and uh, and visit their website and more, learn more about what they do. Uh, Gary, Ed, thanks again so much. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you. This is Autoburst Media.